to the Boyd and Brooks podcast. I'm Laura Blavier Boyd. I'm Genevieve Nadler Brooks, and we are your hosts. On the Boyd and Brooks podcast, we want to bring you meaningful and fun spiritual conversations. In these conversations, we seek to explore vocational callings, authentic living, life mottos, and how faith and spirituality play an integral role in our lives. We hope that you will listen, enjoy, and share the podcast. We encourage you to subscribe to the Boyd and Brooks podcast on iTunes. It makes this podcast really easy to find in whatever platform you use to manage your podcasts. It also helps our podcast to be easier to find for other people. You can find us on social media. Our favorite is Instagram at Boyd and Brooks, as well as our blog, boydandbrooks.com. Here we go. Welcome back to the Boyd and Brooks podcast. I'm Genevieve Nadler Brooks. And I'm Laura Blavier Boyd. We are your hosts. Today we are going to be talking about boundaries, yeses, and nos. And my question to you, Laura, and to you, whoever's listening, is do you find it easier to say yes, or do you find it easier to say no? Laura. Okay. This this is kind of my, when my family listens to this, this will be a, a super amusing question to them. Yeah. Because clearly my, it's so easy for me to say no. Mm. I can't really relate to people who have a hard time saying no to people. Mm-hmm. And my, my genuine first word was no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, also sometimes the, apparently the way I say no is sometimes a little too direct and maybe comes off a little too harsh, which is not, enti- not how I'm meaning it. I'm just like, I'm like, it's so easily slipping off the tongue as a no. And so that my, my family now when they'll make kind of be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, it's so easy for me to say no. But I've entered into a time of life where there are things I really want to say yes to, but I am finding no real time to say yes. Mm. And so there, I'm, I'm in like this weird figuring out like how, what, what's a priority? Right. Like what, what, what am I, what do I want to do? What kind of life do I want to have? Yeah. So life-wise, what do I need to be saying yes to? And what do I need to be saying no to? And that might be some new and different things. What about yeah. you? I'm, I always say yes. That has been, I, I'm the person. <laughs> Are you, so do you feel like that means you're an overcommitter? Oh, 100% okay. overcommitter. And that, I, yes, multiple times in my life I've had like major meltdowns where I've just committed to way too many things and then it's burned me out. And I'll have these moments where it, it just gets too overwhelming. Okay, pin in that. We're going to yeah. circle back to this, but... Do you think that that is because you're an extrovert? Because the reason I bring that up is I think that if somebody were to ask me to do something, because I'm an introvert, I could easily be like, and they said, hey, do you want to do such and such? I would be like, no, I can't. Well, why can't I? Well, because I don't want to, and I want to lay in my bed and yeah. read a book. That's yeah. my plan. Yeah. So I think maybe yeah. in this sense, being an introvert gives me the edge in saying no. So yeah. that's why I brought that up. Oh, very easily. And I, the, my other problem is that I, well, other challenge is that I make things happen. So if I see you in the grocery store, like my husband doesn't grocery shop with me anymore because <laughs> I, number one, love seeing people that I know. It, even if you're my neighbor, I'm so excited to see you in the neighborhood grocery store. Yeah. And my favorite thing is when we run into each other multiple times at the grocery store. So if I see you on aisle one, 
I'm, I'm gearing up to see you in aisle three. And Alex is like, okay, we've got to go the opposite we've way around. We've already seen these people. Right. We've got to go the opposite <laughs> way around the grocery store to avoid seeing them again. I'm like, what is the big deal? We just like, hey, again. Oh, you got the Trap 50. Good choice. Like, okay, I just this, love it. This is horrible for me to admit, but I have seen people in the grocery store that I know and have quickly... <laughs> We <laughs> walk to a different area yeah. and we'd be like, I need to get it and get out of here because I don't want to get into a conversation. Right, 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 right. right. Okay. See, opposite over here. Okay, but, like, gen- but genuinely, friends, if you see me at the grocery store, I am going to be happy to see you. I'm yeah. just saying that might have been a 9, 9 p.m. situation. Right, okay. right, 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 right. So, so, yeah, I do think that it's the extrovertedness. I also, though, am genuinely love hanging around people. So if we see each other in the grocery store and I'm like, oh, we need to catch up. I'll get on your calendar. And then when I get in the car, I end up like being texting that person and being like, okay, what about lunch this day? What about Saturday morning coffee? And then they say, yes. This is your follow-up game. I'm just telling you, your follow-up game is so on point. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it's, you could give lessons to yeah, people on follow-up. Yeah. Well, I do. I, but then, right. Then the the communication piece and blocking out things piece right. is the is the issue. So, as somebody that's been married for only a few years, that was a really interesting thing about having my ske- my schedule be accountable to somebody else because mm. I'd only lived with roommates, right? So, who cares if you're going out for coffee or going to grab a drink after work with somebody? When we got married, it was like, wait, where are you? And I was like, why do I need to tell you where I am? Like, I've never done this before. Mm. And suddenly it was like, oh, because you're expecting me to be home. And I'm expecting you to be home too. Like, that whole communication thing. That was like a really, after the nice honeymoon period of like, whoa, we're married. It was like, whoa. <laughs> like, like I just made dinner plans today with these people, and mm-hmm. I texted you to see if you wanted to come, if it was going to be a me and you and these people thing, and you were, like, upset. that it, Like, wait, I thought dinner was just me and you. And I'm like, well, more people is always better, <laughs> right? So, right. anyway, I think I think you're right. I think being an extrovert is really helpful. But I Well, yeah. what's funny about that is I, I've definitely been married a long, longer than you, <laughs> yeah. but... My husband is an extrovert, was a really strong extrovert. It is almost not as not as strong as an extrovert. He thinks he's more introverted now. Anyway, that's not important to the story. What's important to the story is that because I'm such a strong introvert, anytime he's like, hey, I want to go do X, Y, and Z, I'm like, I'm all over. I'm like, yes, please go do that. Have fun doing that. Because I know that it's like, okay, I've got chill time coming. Like, right. I don't have to, I don't have to interpersonal with you. Yeah. And yeah. Not, not that I don't want to. I'm just right. saying I'm not going to have to use up energy for that. Mm-hmm. And, but I know for him it's, it's, it's not the same, right? It's like if I had something every single night, that would, that would definitely be a problem. Yeah. 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 So when Shonda Rhimes came out with her book, A Year of Yes, yes. I remember hearing about it through different promo things and being like, I don't need to read that book because I don't have a problem saying yes. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have a problem saying yes to even new experiences. If people are doing new things and I've got the money for it, I'm on board. My problem is saying no so that I can say yes. So I want to jump because Laura, so another little history is that I'm one of three kids and my, I'm the oldest and my, me, my brother and sister were all 
really athletic children. We really liked playing sports and playing outside. My sister, more than any of us, was a, was a reader, but like we did not want to sit down and do puzzles or read books. We needed to be outside, building forts, building tree houses, playing basketball in the backyard, playing soccer, whatever. Yeah. So I think that my childhood also had a lot of recreation sports in it, where with three kids, and my mom for a little bit stayed at home when we were real little, and then was part-time, of just being on the go my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. And then as a middle and high school student of playing sports all through high school, so you go from, you know, school to practice, practice to the next practice, that practice to home. So that also, for me, seeing all the people wasn't stressful. It was like, oh, I got all the energy out. Now I can concentrate. Mm. Um, but that kept that like on the go piece. I remember getting to college and being like, oh my gosh, I have all this free time. I ended up going to the gym like twice a day. I, I lost my freshman 15. Like I got to, I got home from school. People were like, what have you been doing? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I have all this time on my hands that I was playing club lacrosse. I was going to school. I had a 4-0 my first semester and I'm like working out all the time. Because it's just like, look at all this free time that I have, right? Mm -hmm. So that didn't last very long because after your first semester, the classes really get intense. I thought that I could take 18 hours. I That was not a wise decision. I ended up getting involved in clubs. But part of me does think, too, that I I did have this growing up experience of, like, being on the go a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, which for me, I can look back and find positives in that. Yet now, when I think about my own schedule, I do find that I do like some breathing room. Mm -hmm. And I want you to tell us about the way that your family does um, time boundaries because I'm just in awe and I think it's awesome. Okay. So if you're you're a parent, and I think if you have been a stay-at-home parent, you've had those moments where you're at the park. Um, with your kids, and I'm, I'm very lucky there's a really small park in my neighborhood, so it was like, okay, every day we're going to walk down to the park because we could do that and play, and so you end up talking with these other parents, and people will ask you, you know, like, where's your kid going to go to school, you know, when they're five, but they're seven months old right now. Right. Um, but the, you know, as, as she got older, parents would ask me, you know, well, well, what is your kid involved in? What do they do? And I remember somebody asked me that the year that my daughter was in kindergarten. And I was like, well, she goes to school for six hours a day. That That's what she does. I mean, that's her major quote-unquote thing thing yeah. for the day. And I, I think by this point, I had worked in higher education long enough where I had seen the effects of students who had been um, – really overscheduled yeah. and and I'd started to see like how that affected families and so my husband and I said we think what would be best is if we just did one thing at a time so that's her that's our thing so for example she goes to school and then if she wants to do one extracurricular that semester then that's the one thing that we commit to mm-hmm. um, and that we integrate into the family and, you know, if it, then after that's over, if she doesn't want to do that anymore, then we let that go. Mm-hmm. And then we, we say, you know, we can move on to something else now that we've let that go. And sometimes we do that right away or sometimes we just have a period of time where 
you know, we're not really involved in anything. Um, so tell us about for about when you're not involved in anything, because I think I can't think of any of my friends where that would be the case <laughs> of like what it might look like. And I, I, you know, what does that look like of being home and being together? Okay, so so one thing I think that I learned from my child mm-hmm. by observing and listening and watching her is that I would I would say she's probably an introvert. Um, in that she definitely needs time to recharge. Mm -hmm. And so I I saw her falling into this pattern where after work, she wanted, after school, I'm sorry, she wanted to come home. She wanted to do her homework right away. She wanted to have a snack and then she wanted to chill out. And now as I'm thinking about it, when she was younger, I would like lay on the couch and read. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, this is mommy's chill time. So I almost felt like I was, I was setting us up for this yeah. later on, which th- thank likely that that did work out. And so it doesn't, it didn't seem like, and then we would be running right into dinner time. And then, you know, when the, when children are young, usually like right after dinner time, you're getting ready for bed. Yeah. And so we went in part of our schedules. We always, we did a nightly bath every night, obviously it was nightly. But it would, it would definitely be a relaxing time as a, as a transition time to bed. Nice. And so that's kind of our our schedule, and I kind of treasure that. And I I don't let things, as best I can, interrupt that schedule for her yeah. because I think that that's really important. Yeah, yeah. So it's either me or my husband who helps keep that schedule on track. Yeah. So, like, I don't say yes to something I'm really unless I know that he is going to be able to – to keep that kind of going. Yeah. And as she's gotten older, there's a little bit more flexibility with that, like letting her stay up later gives us more family time, things like that. But um, Or, you know, there might be a night that we do a shower instead of, instead of a relaxing bath. Yeah. So. so essentially, like, these boundaries of, like, because ha- we, we also, if you know us, we are always talking about some rhythms. Yeah. We really appreciate this, the idea of having a weekly rhythm, having a daily rhythm, having a nightly rhythm. Yeah. That and the more that I work with students, the more that I realize that I really think students appreciate rhythm as well. That sometimes spontaneity is really good, but is that but that for a regular routine is not necessarily that helpful. And so the rhythm of things is really helpful. And so, well, I, I think that there's this is de- developmental. There's research yeah. on this that shows, particularly for for young kids, like that structure and that rhythm gives them a sense of safety and security and that's really important when we talk about our hierarchy of needs because we really can't go into higher levels of development unless that is met as a foundational building block but I think what we're seeing as professionals who work with older students is that it's even really important for them totally totally and I almost feel like sometimes they're crying out for it yeah like help me carve out chill time yes Yes. And I'm like, yes, I'm here for you. I'm, right. I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah, well, so one of the things that we talk about is the idea that boundaries are are really helpful so that they allow us to say yes mm-hmm. to what we want to do. So saying no to some things will allow you to say yes to others and, and how that can be really helpful. So to people that, um, like, like me, that get overcommitted, how how would you advise us to to do that? Literally, how do you carve out that time? How do you say no so that you have the places to say yes? Ugh, 
such a good question. And I, and I, I don't have like a universal answer. Yeah. But I think one of the things families have to do is they have to say, okay, what, what are our priorities? Yeah. And for, from, I have a small family. It's just my husband and I and my daughter. But we really do place a high value on spending time together. And one of the things we love to do is like walk in our neighborhood at night. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a ritual that yeah. we, that we want to adhere to. Yeah. And, um, so it's like, I would say to the family, like, well, what do you value? Like what's important? Like I know some people have to have family dinners. That is right. their thing. That is not really a thing for us mm-hmm. because, um, just for a lot of complicated reasons, but, but we do try to eat dinner, but that isn't always the way that it goes mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, is that going to be your thing? Or is it going to be, like, everybody has to have breakfast together? Yeah. Or it, the one thing I, I want to leave a lot of room for here is that, you know, you may have two working parents who have really long schedules you know, or have really long commutes. And so maybe their kids are in after, aftercare right. till 6 o'clock at night. Right. And it's almost 7 o'clock by the time they get home. Right. I mean, they're not going to be able to say, oh, Laura, we, we place such a high value on this. And this is right. how it plays out. Right. So for them... Their, their value may be, like, hey, everybody, let's just get through the week right. so that we can have really meaningful time together yeah. on the weekends, which maybe means that they just don't say yes to every invitation right. for every birthday party that comes in. Right, right. Which we don't. Yeah. And um, so I think that those are, I think once you know what you value, then it's like that's the motivation right. to say yes or to say no. Yeah. A piece of advice that I would have that we've, that was really helpful for us, um, which is just a double income, no kids situation, which is not necessarily, um, everybody for sure. But what was really helpful for us was advice that said, do it for a season, Mm. try it for a season. And so we actually did this with, um, a bunch of different things with trying to prioritize prayer for a little bit of Mm. praying together, Mm um, of, of making sure that we set a, a blessing over over every meal, but what it what does it look like to try it for a season or a month versus this is a new thing that we're gonna do? Because I think for some families that's really helpful too. Is like we can't commit to suddenly going on walks every night as a family. That's just not realistic. Well, listen, I I get overwhelmed by the thought of doing anything for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I can't commit to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So when I had my my private practice when I was doing therapy. When I wanted to get someone to make a behavioral change, Mm -hmm. I would say, let's try this as an experiment. Mm. Because you know what? Some experiments go really well and some fail. But you always learn something from the experiment, which is really valuable. And so that also, I think, allowed people to not feel shame and guilt when when the experiment didn't work out the way that they hoped that it would. Right. So... So the idea of like carving out some time, of setting a boundary, of what figuring out what the priority is—is is it going on a walk? Is it having a night where everybody is at home? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been an interesting thing. Being um, all of my siblings, we're all now grown and away from home, and we—my parents now, the week between Christmas and New Year's, rent a beach house, a condo, um, so that because when we get home. Everybody goes into their different directions. I've got college friends to see, um, my brother and sister have people to see, and we never end up spending time at home except for like Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Right. So this was sometimes you've got to actually change your location to have that kind of situation, which is 
kind of a, an example of that for us is we mm-hmm. go as a family to the beach for a few days, which again is like a very privileged thing to be able to do. But sometimes doing that and nobody brings friends now spouses are invited, but you know, we, it really is about being together, cooking, walking on the beach, having happy hour mm-hmm. and being together. Yeah. But I love the idea of doing a spirit, an experiment of yeah. like what, and especially we're about to hit the summer season. So what is an experiment that you could do um, listeners, that is something that you've been feeling like you've needed to carve out time for. Mm-hmm. What is that thing that the boundaries just aren't there, so it just doesn't happen? Because um, we've talked about this idea that, you know, with family, with friends, with fitness, with work, with and career goals, and just personal hobbies, right. that you can't, it's very hard to do all of them. Right. It ends up being two or three. Right. And so what is the thing that you can experiment on for the summer that helps you set a boundary so that you can say yes to the things that you want to prioritize, mm-hmm. but also gives you a good excuse to say no to some things. Right. Um, for another example that I have is, um, so my dad traveled a lot when we were little kids and he just rarely got to spend time on the weekends because of games and somebody had a game, somebody had a performance. Um, we did like camping a lot, but we, my dad decided that he was going to do one special day for each of the kids every, I think it was like every six months, Mm, but we got to plan the whole day out and it couldn't be really expensive. But one of the things we did one time was we went to the Ashboro Zoo. Yeah. One of our special days. But that way it was one-on-one with dad where we got to eat our favorite food. And then my dad would take pictures of everything that we did and then make a little booklet kind of thing. So then it was like, you know, Genevieve. Dad of the year. Yeah. Right. And he got the idea from like a Time Magazine, like a day in the life kind mm. of thing. And he was like, you know, when you have, you know, multiple kids or when you're both working, it can be really hard to carve out that much time. So setting aside a whole Saturday to do one-on-one stuff, kind of daddy date. Um, And it was awesome. I mean, I still have great memories of doing that where we have a schedule. We're doing something something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. It would be like in the hard times, you would always know, okay, but my day is coming. Yeah, my my special day is, is coming. So... Um, I'm, I'm happy to have a special day if anyone wants to give me a special day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm available. Yeah. I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So last thing that those of us that are, um, that love to commit, what are some ad- pieces of advice that you can give about how to say no so that there is not that guilt and that shame or that? I'm, I'm so glad that you asked this question. Okay. Because here. Here's the thing, here's the behind the scenes people who who feel like, oh, I feel bad saying no. And then, so instead of just saying, oh, thank you so much for this offer, but I can't. Thank you so much, but I can't. That's period. That's all it needs. But what, what people feel is like, oh, I need to explain myself. Yeah. And here's the thing, 99 out of 100 times, the person that you're giving this explanation to actually doesn't care, doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. So what I would encourage you to do is just keep it short and simple. Right. Also, you don't have to give an exit. You don't have to like right. explain why you can't do it. You right. just simply cannot. Right. And that really is enough. Right. right. And so, um, but be gracious. 
I yeah. mean, thank people for their offers, you know, but just yeah. say, oh, that's that's just not going to work out right now. But thank yeah. you so much. Right. Not right now. Not right I now. Too. You know, or like one thing I'll do is like, especially if we say, you know, there's been times when we've said no to a play date, but we didn't have anything really scheduled. We, it just didn't, the energy wasn't there for right. it. Right. And I feel like sometimes people will really push people to, to do that, to take, take up an offer like that because they feel like it's rude not to. But I just said, thank you so much. Would really love to have a rain check for another day. And they yeah. were like, yes, of course. Right. And so then I think like both parties understand and feel good yeah. that, okay, it just wasn't something that was going to work right. out for right now. Right. Right. So, so let me, let me give you the freedom to stop explaining yourselves. Also like the other thing, the other side of that is some people have a really high BS meter. Mm. And so they know when you're just like, fumbling to give an explanation that may or may not be 100% true. And then they're yeah. like, what is this person doing? Right. Now you've just made things weird. Right. Don't make it weird. Don't make right. it weird. Just keep right. it short and simple. That's right. all. And I think that people really do appreciate um, consistency and the non-flakiness. Right. So I've, I've started with, with some people around the office, but also um, girlfriends who are not who have not historically been good at saying no, but mm-hmm. when they do – I, I want to affirm that in them because I want them to affirm that in me. Yeah. So I say, great job with boundaries. Good mm. boundary. I appreciate that in you. So that mostly so that to set a standard of like, let's let's do that for each other. Yeah. Like, hey, would love to, really can't. And and no, and then I'll say no explanation either. Good boundary. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll see you next week. Yeah. Or next month or whatever. But I think that's important. Okay. I want to flip the script and ask you this. Because when I – I have not read Shonda's book, but I am very aware of what it's about. And I've heard her talk about it. And how how it resonated with me was I do need to say yes more Mm -hmm. often to things. Mm -hmm. And so not being a yes person. Okay. Okay. Tell me how I could say yes more often. So I think that part of... And not be resentful about it. And not be resentful. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that always postponing um, the decision can be really helpful because it... So for example, hey, wouldn't it be fun to try out this new, this new wine bar? And in your head, you're like, yeah, yeah, maybe. I would really like to be napping in my bed though. So like, maybe. I think... I think two questions like, ooh, tell me more about what you're thinking. So asking kind of that open-ended question, tell me more about what you're thinking about that and let me check my schedule. But if you don't hear from me in a day or two, if you don't hear from me by Wednesday, would you send me a reminder text? Which then whoever's inviting you, it puts it kind of back on them Mm -hmm. to make sure that they really want to do it. So suddenly it goes from like, "Eh, do you just want to maybe do this? Well, I do. I want it to be fun, though. I'm not, you know, if this is going to be standing in line someplace in the heat, then I definitely want to be in my bed, right? Like, <laughs> Right. Because then you're really saying yes to things that you, A, know a little bit more about what they're about. B, you have somebody that really does genuinely have the time and want to show show you the thing and can do it with you. Yeah. Um, and then C, it holds you accountable a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. So for those of us that are good with the follow-through, that really appreciate the invitation to follow through. Cause I do think sometimes I'll invite people to do things. So like, Oh, that sounds so fun. Yeah. Let me check my schedule. And then I just never get back with them because it feels a little pushy mm. to be like, so Laura, remember when I offered that, do you still want to do that? And then maybe your schedule 
has changed or whatever, but then it's like inviting that accountability in. Mm -hmm. So for something really fun about trying a new place, getting together to catch up, um, running that through your head of, yes, I really would like to catch up. Tell me more of what you're thinking. Coffee, lunch, dinner time, what day of the week? What, what are you thinking? And then they can kind of flesh it out in their own heads, especially if they're like me and an external processor. Okay, well, next next Friday lunch is wide open. What about for you? Great. I've always wanted to try this place. How does that sound? Great. Mm. Do, do you want to commit? Can we put it on the calendar? Well, let me check my schedule. Let me check with my husband. Let me check with my coworkers. Let me get back to you. If you don't hear from me in two days, I would and you think about it before I do, send me a text. I'm all about it. I love this question when, when somebody will say, does this still feel good to mm, you? Yes. Because, so, <clears throat> self-revealing moment in the podcast. So, late, later on, we're recording. We're gonna we're about to go out and meet up with some friends. Mm-hmm. And this was all of my idea. I was yes, like, hey, was. like a week, ago, a week ago, important to the story. Yeah. A week ago, this seemed like the best idea I'd ever had. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to get Genevieve and our other friend, and then we went and just this art thing, and we're going to have some dinner, and da 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 But as the day got closer, I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I want to go. Yeah. But it's also like that piece of you're like, oh, I can't believe I made these plans. Right, right, right. And I know I'm going to go, and I'm going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. But that's something to know about myself. It's like, I want to say yes, but I really want to say yes to things between the hours of nine and five. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anything after that is like really hard for me to commit to. Yeah. And I think for people that, that if you can be that self-aware, I think that's really helpful to say, say, yes, I would love that, but can we schedule? I need, I need a few more days. I, my schedule's full. Could we either right now schedule this for another week away or... Um, if you'll just give me a little bit more head, heads up next time, well, about how much time, right? Is probably the question I'd ask. Well, about, about a week. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. Work well, out. that's the thing. Okay. Cause everyone knows I love Myers-Briggs stuff. Yeah. Introverts really do need more time, yeah. more advanced notice because they need to gear up their energy Yeah. and they have to know like, like I knew a week ago that this would be casual, but it would also it'd be in the evening, yeah. and it was it was going to take up a lot of energy. Yeah. And I think I actually expended a little too much energy in the energy bank, and mm-hmm. I didn't. Ha- that's why I started feeling like, does this still feel good to me? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so so those are things like you know extroverts are probably are their energy is going to be ready to go, which yeah. is great. And if yeah. you need a buddy, right, to say yes, look for your extrovert people. Right. Um. You know, if you need something like, if you want to do something with your introvert person, give them a little bit more time and then, you know, then go for it. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. So, friends, boundaries. How do we set better boundaries for the summer? How can we practice this? Laura and I are going to be holding each other accountable for some things for this summer about self-care. And then what, knowing that you're more of a yes person or a no person, how can you say those yeses in a way that is helping you and not creating bad boundaries, but how can you do the same thing with no's? Yes. And let me just clarify what being held accountable means. Yes. Basically just means I've said to Genevieve, hey, here's something really important that I need to work on. Could you help me with this? Which basically means for me checking in and I've also given her some specifics that she's going to engage in some activities with me that's going to help hold me accountable so it feels like a partnership that's what holding somebody accountable really means it's like it's like the two people have discussed this and this is what they've agreed to right yeah we're both on the same page for sure 
All right, Boyd and Brooks people, thank you so much for listening. We hope you loved it. That was so good. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Let me have a boundaries part two. Boundaries part two. Boundaries part two. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.